Welcome to Bethlehem and our study of the book of Yehoshua. We are now at the end of our journey through the book of Joshua. The first two sections of the book are now complete, conquering the land and dividing the land, and the last section remains, an exhortation of Israel as they begin their life there. While there's a lot to unpack in each of these three chapters, here's what I think we should focus on this week. In chapter 22, we see how far Israel has come in its understanding of community. In chapter 23, we are reminded of the necessity to stay in the Torah in order to continue resisting the parts within ourselves that would rather worship other gods. And finally, in chapter 24, we're faced with the final instruction, choose which God you will serve. So we pick up in chapter 22. In the first eight verses, Joshua gives his farewell message to the two and a half tribes before releasing them to their territories. Verse 9 through the end of the chapter recount the matter of the altar built by the two and a half tribes and the aftermath of that decision. This altar is built in an area your translation may call a region near the Jordan, but is actually called Galilot Hayarden, or Circles of the Jordan, a name that implies an ancient cultic site based around stone circles, repurposing the pagan structures of the previous inhabitants, perhaps. Of all the things we could focus on here in this chapter, and there are many, I want to draw your attention to one thing. Verses 16 through 20. The altar has been built, and the Israelites, the nine and a half tribes, as a united congregation, sent their leaders to the Reubenites, Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, saying, with one voice, an impassioned speech. The primary lesson of this section is that the Israelites, through their statement, show that they have truly internalized the message of the inter-responsibility of each Israelite to all the others. This is one of the clearest expositions in the Tanakh of the principle that the ancient rabbis would later summarize in the phrase, all Israel are guarantors for each other. The setup reveals that no real sin was committed, and in the end, Peace between the tribes is reestablished. Thus, the point of the story is this middle section where Israel shows they have learned the lesson and the tribes are bonded as one. They are not only fully settled, they are united. Moving on to chapter 23, we're reminded of the necessity to stay in the Torah in order to continue resisting the parts within ourselves that would rather worship other gods. Three times in this chapter, we read of the nations that remain, verses 4, 7, and 12. Up to this point, Adonai has done great and mighty things for Israel. But we are left with some battles to fight ourselves. No progression into maturity is complete without being given the opportunity to do the thing ourselves whether it's learning skills like how to drive, public speaking, cooking, or studying God's Word, to characteristics like patience, kindness, generosity, godly speech. At some point, after being shown how it's done, we must go out and do it ourselves. There are nations that remain in me, remnants of a life without God, without Yeshua, 
These are the parts of me that would prefer to worship other gods. In me and in you are remnants of Torahlessness that are more comfortable bowing down to some or another idol. These are things that we're told we must drive out because they are enemies that remain within the borders of our souls. Joshua says that these enemies within our borders are your heritage, your inheritance. In other words, they are for you to conquer and to make a name for yourself and for your tribe. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 4 that the day comes when every man will receive praise from God. What will you be praised for? You'll receive praise for the enemies in your life that you've conquered. That's what your reward's going to be. Your reward is based on works. Salvation is based entirely on grace. We all understand that. We're all saved by grace through faith. We're saved by grace, not works. But your reward is based upon your works. And every true work of faith is a work of conquering what is inside of, of you that would rather not obey. What are the enemies inside of you? Or the enemies that dwell in your flesh? This last part of you to be redeemed. And if I receive praise from God, it'll be for the enemies within the borders I've conquered. I don't receive praise for the enemies outside the border that he's conquered, but the ones inside the border that I've kicked out. That is my inheritance. That is your inheritance. It's a territory that looks like no one else's. It is unique to you. So are you conquering this territory God's given you to inherit? How do we do this? Look to verse 6. Be very resolute to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the Torah of Moses. You strengthen yourself. In other words, you stand up on your hind legs and you say, I am going to take charge. If we look back at the map of Israel and how it pictures the individual, we see the biggest part of your life is to the right or to the south. And that's where you begin. That is where our Savior was born. That is where most of the Psalms were written. That is where David went for inspiration. That is where the prophets went to learn. That is where so many of the ancient Hebrew writings came from, from Judah. That is where the life, the spiritual life of Israel usually came from. It's also not a place the flesh wants to go. There was nothing there for the flesh. There was only your soul and the Spirit of God. This fleshly part of your life, on the other end, it's the final frontier. It is the end, and it is the smallest. It's what remains for us to conquer in this lifetime. That is our inheritance. And finally, in chapter 24, we're faced with the final instruction Choose which God we will serve. Will it be the far-off gods, the gods Adonai dealt with already? Will it be the gods within, those that remain as our inheritance to conquer? Or will it be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one who did mighty, loving things for a people who did not deserve it? Who will it be? Who will you serve? As for me and my house... We will serve Adonai. So come and serve with us. 
I think for Beth Takoon, the primary takeaway here, at the end of our story, our study rather, is that the road ahead is by divine design filled with remaining battles. And we are better off facing these enemies united as a family than we are isolated, cut off from one another. Israel's journey was not an easy one. The life of the children of God and of those of us who are grafted in was never meant to be easy. We weren't promised ease. But it is meant to be good. And I want to praise you, you watching right now, for simply being a man or woman who chooses to do good. Are you a good man or a good woman? A good boy or girl? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But like David said uh, last week, let's not speak to and about each other in such absolutes, but praise and encourage each other when we do the good we are called to do. I encourage you to continue humbly and courageously leaning into the difficult things in your life, creating in your home a place of godliness and shalom, strengthening our community through kindness and selflessness, being a light in the darkness that brings warmth and that shines the way from sin to him. Thank you for walking through this study of Joshua with me. And it's been a great learning experience. And I hope you are as blessed by it as I have been. And boy, do I long to see your faces. So until next time, may God make us into the people he wants us to be. People who get along. People who remain in the word of God as we finish conquering what remains in our flesh that would have us do anything else but. People who know to go to Judah the spiritual, to find God and to be with our Savior and Messiah, King Yeshua. Let us all serve him humbly with strength and courage. I will end with a verse we studied with, oh, we studied in the very first week. Rach kazak ve'emetz me'od. Only be strong and very courageous to observe diligently the Torah which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so you may be successful wherever you go. Shalom.